Welcome to the Speckled Truth Podcast. This is the only show dedicated to the conservation of the trophy trout population from the East Coast to the Gulf Coast. Here, we go below the surface to discuss what happens when science and anglers work together for a cause. So gear up with the crew as they talk about all things big speckled trout. Get ready for the slimy, salty truth, better known as the speckled truth. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Speckled Truth Podcast. As you probably recall, uh, we had a part one of this two-part episode conversation with Captain Kyle Johnson. Uh, again, a frankly long overdue conversation that we needed to have and and hopefully you've enjoyed it. You know, this one, I think we get into a little bit more of the conversation with regards to, you know, where we're going with Speckled Truth, how he's, you know, created and developed his his business and brand and kind of what's been going on, right? And kind of maybe what's next. So hopefully you enjoyed last week's conversation. Hopefully you enjoyed this week's conversation. Give us a shout out, man. Leave us a rate and a review on any of the podcasting platforms. We really do appreciate it. It helps kind of continue to grow the message. So thanks again for your followership your support, all these things. And until next time, guys, tight lines, God bless. Take what you need, release rest. Enjoy the combo. I don't know if you, if I told you this, man, but like my first, um, actually my first wade fishing trip ever in my life. And I mean, we grew, I grew up wade fishing out of Port Sulphur Empire area, uh, but it was actually with my uncle, my dad. Um, and we went to, we, we launched, uh, I want to say out of, Oh man, I think we launched out of, uh, uh, Beschels and, or I think we launched out of empire. We caught the locks and we went through, I can't remember long story short. We went through Baptiste Collette and, uh, I think we had the Southern part, which I think is grand. And at the time it was little Goshen, big Goshen. I don't even know if they're still there. They're gone. Yeah. It's just a, it's just a, it's literally a sandbar. Underwater sandbar. Now. Yeah. So, but it was there, dude. And we took my uncle's boat and that was pretty much the first time I ever weighed fish. And I was back when I was like maybe eight or nine. Um, so I was pretty limited, obviously how far, I, you know, far deep I could go, but we crushed them. Right. And then, but it was cool because, you know, even from that trip, I just enjoyed wade fishing, really had a high appetite for it. And then as my dad, he grew up obviously fishing in Port Sulphur Empire area. And when we got to camp down there, that's when we really started, you know, really almost wade fishing um, pretty much through March through September. Um, and then we would fish inside, you know, fish the feet and stuff like that. But, um, dude, it was gorgeous. And I've made a, you know, a number of trips back there and dude, it's to your point, it is super, uh, beautiful and it's, you know, obviously incredibly remote, but the tide, and I can empathize there because when we fished over in empire Burris, uh, in those, in those passes that we fished. We were fishing basically mouths of passes, kind of surf fishing to some extent where you're fishing some breakers and, but really you're focusing on kind of those, those changes, you know, those contour changes and where that water's breaking and kind of coming in or out. Um, and those fish would just stack up. And so, you know, you kind of saying, dude, you can get on an absolute heap of three to five pound fish. I believe it because uh, again, kind of growing up there, it's for lack of better terms, kind of Louisiana complex um, it's easy to catch. And this is no joke. And I have plenty of people out there that have taken, um, you know, we've caught, you know, between five to 125 trout in an hour, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It's, it, and they're yeah. not like dinks. They're not like 15, you know, 14, 15 inches. They're like anywhere Solid between fish. 18 to 22 inch fish, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. and I mean, it's just absurd. Uh, and, and it's, it's hard to explain to folks, but 
dude, if you were to ever kind of go to the last frontier, if you will, and, and really introduce yourself to wade fishing, um, what a great place to do that because you have those grass flats, you know, you, to some extent you do have like the, the surfish areas, right. Curlew and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, man, it's cool that you're able to kind of really explore the entire Island with a person that maybe doesn't have an opportunity or the, you know, the length of stay on the Mississippi Gulf coast or whatever it is, um, for a three day trip, you know, if they want to do an out and back or maybe a two day or something like that out and back, um, they can explore that entire Island and see it's really kind of natural beauty, uh, and in an experience, just kind of really world-class fishing to some extent. So, um, that's pretty badass, man. Yeah, it's cool, man. It's a, it really is a really awesome experience. And I'm not just saying that because it's, it's what I do. Yes, um, you, are. you know, I, I, I mean, I'm really not. Because <laughs> I know, it's, I'm joking. I'm joking. It's the, it's the only place that you can, you know, the Mississippi coast is so underrated and you know, because I you agree lived here just, just as a place to be like, I mean, you got the casinos, you got all this cool stuff. So, um, when you come here and you do it, I try to tell guys, you know, a lot of guys like to stay in, in Airbnbs and I get that, but it's really cool when you stay in the casino because you're staying in a casino and you literally come downstairs and get on my boat. My boat is yeah. parked behind a casino. And so, you come downstairs, you're getting on a, a badass bay boat, you're ripping it out the chandelier, fishing one of the best fisheries in the world. You come back and you 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 got it. It's it's so funny, and my guys love it, dude. They're walking through the lobby of a casino and freaking wet waiters and all their fishing gear, and people Hell are looking yeah. at them and they're, and they're like, I don't care. And they're like, I don't even care. You know, I even had one guy said so he sat down on a blackjack table and, and played a couple hundred dollars of blackjack before he went up to his room, still in his waders. And I was like, that's what I'm talking about. Hell yeah. But it's cool. And and, and you, you, you come back and you go in there and, you know, you got these, you know, you got the steakhouses, the, the awesome restaurants there. Yeah. And it's just that cool atmosphere. And then, you know, most guys that come here and do it, um, they're not going to do it for a day. They're going to book two days. You know, yeah. if you're going to come all the way over here, you know, they really want to do two days. So you get to do it for two days. And then if you, you want that third day, you just kind of hang out and do whatever, you know, or, or that, that last night you kind of top it off and, and, and have a good time at the casino or, you know, whatever, whatever floats your boat, but it's a cool experience. And, you know, I've had some people ask me, you know, if I, if I want, if, if they could, you know, stay at the Pelican and, and I could guide them. And, and I've kind of talked to the Pelican about it a little bit here and there, but it kind of really defeats the purpose of, of what I'm trying to do. I like sleeping in my own bed. You know, I yeah. like coming home to my family. That's, you know, that's kind of one of the reasons I did this is, is, is I, I, I did it with the idea that I was going to spend more time with my family. And I think I really do because I can make my own schedule. I can just decide Hey, I don't want to run trips for three weeks and I can do whatever I want with my family. But, um, and and when those people do call, I say, just, just book a trip with a Pelican and and rent their boat and fish around there. You know, I mean, because you're going to have to pay their rate and my day rate and it's going to get really expensive, you know, and if you really want to spend that money, that's fine. But I just really don't want to stay out there. And it's kind of crazy, dude. And, And what I've noticed, you know, when I first started, I think I was, I was talking to you about it, you know, I was Dude, I was leaving here at like four thirty, five o'clock in the morning, trying to get the chandelier at daylight. And, and this is just me. I know some people are, are going to argue it, but I've never had a good trip at daylight out there. Not one. I've not had a good trip. 
getting out there at daylight. All all the all the stuff really starts getting good around like seven, eight o'clock. I don't know what it is about that place. Those fish sleep in. I don't know what it is, <laughs> but uh, I always find them uh, around around then. And and one of the cool things that I've kind of started to figure out about there is uh, because it's such a good fishery, and and you and anybody else that chases trout will know this that those trout will get really fixated on a bait, you know, well, yeah. what what they're what they're eating, and they literally have the option for anything there. There's, you know, <clears throat> there's little small minnows, there's pilchers, there's pogies, there's shrimp, there's mullet, there's, there's absolutely, there's croakers, there's pinfish, there's everything a trout could want to eat there. So what I really try and do is, is spend as much time as I can out there as possible and figure out, you know, what they're feeding on. And then, and this is what I try to explain to a lot of people, man, a lot about being a good trout fisherman in my eyes is being able to find the bait. It's, it's more about the bait. It's mm. more about where that bait that they're fixated on is hanging out. And you got to start studying that. You got to start studying why mullet are hanging out in that spot or, or why pinfish are in that and how, how to even find pinfish because I think pinfish are one of the hardest baits to find because they don't make any type of thing on top of the surface. Mm -hmm. You got to find them flashing in the grass or something if they're even moving around. But you really got to start to figure out why this bait's where it's at. And then, you know, it's just like the the trout are going to be there at some point. You know, Mm -hmm. they might not be there when you get there, but you stay there and you, you ride it out and you stay in that general area and, then you start putting all the pieces of puzzle together. You start putting in the moon phases and the majors and minors. And then you're like, okay, I, I know the pinfish are hanging out in this area. I, I know that my major is at like nine. And then, you know, if I get there, get there at seven in the morning, I'm like, you know, let's go try it. See if anything's going on. Nothing's going on. Okay. Let's go over here. Let's go mess with some redfish for an hour or two. <coughs> we'll come back to here and it'll, it'll kind of be on there at that time then we get back to there and sure enough you know yeah. i'm like hey you know throw something with some blue flash flash in it like a blue moon color or you know a soft dine or a, a mirror dine or something uh with a little bit of blue tin or yellow tin or something like that to imitate a uh, a pinfish and when all of that comes together it man it's so fulfilling and i feel like chandelier is one of those last spots that it's kind of hard to explain this uh but where everything actually makes sense. You know what I mean? Like when you fish these barrier islands at Mississippi, you know, ship horn and cat and petty boy, uh, illipede, all of that great fishing. Don't get me wrong, but that place will leave you. Those places will leave you scratching your head because you will find everything you need to find. You'll even see trout there. Like you'll see them swimming around. And you can't catch them. And you're like, what in the world is going on? I don't really see that at Chandelier. The the days that we don't do that good, there was some piece of the puzzle that wasn't there. You know, the bait was Mm -hmm. there. We were there on a major, but the wind was blowing in the wrong direction and, you know, moving the water a a different way it shouldn't have been moving it. And I should have been somewhere else, you know, something like that. But when, when you really get all that stuff honed in there, um, it, it's really hard for, for to not get on a bite when you're that tuned in to all of that. And you know why those fish are there feeding 
nine times out of 10, they're going to be there. If it looks trouty, if it looks fishy, they're going to be there. So that's one of the really cool things. And I think that's what really shows a strong fishery too. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, absolutely. And and it's funny you mentioned going back to the pinfish and stuff and the blue. Um, And it was like one winter here. um, I really had them kind of stacked up um, catching a lot of, I felt like pretty solid fish. Um, And so, but dude, it was crazy because uh, the the productive color for that year and dude, ever since that year, it's still in my box because of previous productivity uh, was basically a blue back, gold face, white belly, clear side, uh, shadow wrap. Um, Mm -hmm. And it it looked like a pinfish, man. It really did. And man, Mm -hmm. I mauled them that year um, on that, on that particular bait to the point where even I had a custom Miradine 27 and it had a, a blue back, uh, like kind of like a pink wrinkle, uh, flash with a little bit of a, a pink chin, you know, and, and, and it was like the chartreuse eyes. So it was kind of almost similar man cracked them on that too. Um, and so finally it, 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 oh, after a couple trips of just kind of really doing well on some really solid fish, um, I'm like, man, I think, I think these fish are eating, I think they're eating freaking pinfish, you know? And sure enough, man, I ended up catching, you know, a few, I think I took like two home or something like that. And, uh, I flayed them up and dude, sure enough, man, a belly was just stacked full. And there were like two or three, maybe four inch, just pinfish loaded. And it made sense at that point. I'm like, Oh my gosh. But dude, ever since then, I haven't, I haven't had any productivity on that color. Now I've had productivity in that area, uh, but it's been more kind of natural colors, more like mullet profiles and stuff like that, which is crazy. But to your point, when they get keyed in on a certain thing, Oh my God, like it's hard to pull them off of that, you know? And, and dude, it is. And, and when they have that big variety, that's really the big key there that I, that I, I was lucky enough to figure it out early on was, you know, that's 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 really the key there man it, it, it's really i've had a lot of people reach out to me lately um and, and you know I, I i give away probably too much information you know i really do yeah. uh w- with hopes that you know good good will come from that I, I i try not to be you know negative and things like that nowadays you know that and and i i'm you know, somebody asked me something, I, I'm not trying to keep everything a secret. You know, there's some things that of course I won't tell, but, uh, when some guys kind of ask me some things, I'll, I'll point them in the, in the right direction. Cause that's a long way to go to strike out and you can, yeah. uh, and, yeah. and, and I'm like, you know, I want, I want the guys that I, that I talk to, you know, even if I don't know them that well, they just kind of, you know, message me on social media or whatever. They'll ask me a couple things and I'll, I'll share some information, but that that's, that's the most important thing is I'm like, guys, you gotta, you gotta figure out what these fish are eating because you know, once, once you figure that out out there, that's, that's really the key. And there's just so much for them. And <clears throat> it was like, I did a post a couple weeks ago. I had a group from, uh, from Georgia and uh, we pull up and, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't fish birds, man. You know that <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't fish under birds because typically there's not big trout under birds, but, um, we pull up to this spot that I'd been crushing big trout at. And, um, it's just an absolute frenzy. There's tarpon in there. 
There's ladyfish, Spanish, bluefish, just everything, just going nuts. And we get up shallow, and everything's kind of in that, that just like you would expect it. You know, there's a big flat. There's a lot of gullies or some grass in some of the gullies, very little bit of grass. But the gullies are, you know, they're about three, maybe three and a half foot deep. So you can walk through them if you need to. But then, you know, the uh, higher part uh, in between the gullies is like knee deep. So it's a great little area. It's got like four big trenches that run parallel to land. And uh, all this is going down on like the last gully where you're standing in like knee deep and it drops off to like four and a half, five foot. So that's exactly what you would expect. All yeah. the Spanish ladyfish, bluefish being right on that drop off and the tarpon and everything. So I, I tell my guys, I'm like, you know, let's, let's just, let's check it out. Let's just see, you know, I know there's big trout in this area. I literally caught them here two days ago. So, you know, maybe we can get lucky and there's some big trout in there and they're on all the like small minnows. That's why the birds were there and everything's annihilating them. And I throw on, um, Ken actually just came out with them again and he sent me some before they really started pushing them out. But, uh, that, that five inch eager baits wedge tail, which I talked about, you know, the first episode, yeah. which I hadn't thrown much since then, to be honest, because they, they stopped making them and they didn't have the colors I wanted. So I hadn't thrown them in a while, but I uh, finally started making them again and proved a couple little things on them. Had a really a big five inch bait with a huge tail, and I had chartreuse. I was like, that's, that's what I'm going to throw. I'm going to throw something that's really going to stand out and get something's attention. First cast into it. My guys are still in the boat doing, I don't even know what. And yeah. um, I, I throw into it and boom, five pound trout. Get the trout right in front of me. About six foot bull shark comes up, eats it in half right in front of me. Good Lord. And, yeah. yeah. And so I, I unhook it and I throw it out there as far away from me as possible. <laughs> and I'm, I'm yelling at them, man. You know, I get fired up and I'm like, I don't care what you're doing. Get your ass over here now. <laughs> and I was like, cause it was on, that was first cast dude. And so they get over there and I'm like, here, I'm like, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm in panic mode. I'm like, I, like, I do not want to miss this opportunity because I know there's big fish there. And so we just tie on a bunch of big chartreuse soft plastics and they just start going to town. Best mm -hmm. trout bite they've ever been on in their life. And they're, they're, they were not young guys. They were older guys. Yeah. And, and it was, it was just throwing, I mean, on the on the edge of all that you know and yeah. and and having a a good good enough weight on there like a quarter ounce jig head or something to where when it lands it just sinks down under all that crap yeah and the the trout and this is this is what's crazy about trout and even bigger trout is they will do what i thought would be the opposite and they're down there picking up scraps dude I've caught, and, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say I, I figured this out on my own. This was a, with a conversation with Lowell, um, where I don't want to get off subject too much, but I was, I was throwing, I was seeing a bunch of schools of, of, of stuff busting a while back, a couple of years ago, and it was just huge gaff tops. And Lowell was like, the trout are behind them. And I was like, what? And he was like, the trout are behind the schools of the gaff tops picking up the scraps. 
And I was like, "Lol, you are smoking crack." Because you be the other way around, yeah. You don't ever know if he's messing with you or not. <laughs> and you go out there and you try it and catch nothing but gaff tops. And you call him and he's laughing his ass off. Like you actually tried that, so you <laughs> you don't know with him. And he's like, "Dude, I'm being dead serious." He was like, "I figured that out a long time ago." He's like, "The, the child will be behind that." And that's exactly what these trout were doing is in the middle of the smorgasbord with the lady. I mean, and dude, these were monster ladyfish. They were yeah. like six, seven pound ladyfish. And, and then there were actual tarpon that were like 30, 40 pound tarpon in there too. And they're all going ape shit. And we're throwing like 10 foot before that and letting it sink down and just railing big trout hmm. every cast. And, and it was, it was crazy, man. It's That is crazy. Figuring out those little things like that um, is is what's really been the key out there, and that's what just really keeps me going. I, yeah, I, I just I love that, dude. That's but, the, that's my favorite part about it all. Yeah, but you said it, I mean, and it, and as you're talking about it, it, made sense to me in my brain, right? Where I'm fishing, I just don't have that diversity, and so maybe that particular year they were keyed in on pin, pinfish here. You know, that could have been probably a great pinfish spawn. Uh, for I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I like you said, you can't really see them. So, could have been a freaking you know record pinfish spawn or whatever it is. And a biomass of bait was just you know a, a lot of pinfish. Um, and so maybe they were keyed in on that. It, but dude, ever since then, to no avail. And, and maybe man, I don't know. It's a warmer winter. I think I don't know. It, like I said, man, there's so many factors that could go into that. Uh, but I, I will tell you one thing. They, they didn't want anything else other than mm-hmm, like that blue back gold face. It was, it was insane, dude. And so it, they, you feed it to them. them. They <laughs> get on them pinfish and they're angry too when they're chasing them pinfish because pinfish are fast, dude. They're not like pogies. Like pogies are kind of fast, but pinfish is a fast little fish. Yeah. And when they're chasing them pinfish, dude, they are aggressive. Yeah. And, and that, that jerk bait makes, you know, I'm not a huge jerk bait guy. I've, I've tried it. And I know Kyle. It, I'll I might not apply it, and well, I, I just don't think I've applied it in the right situation. Yeah. But um, the jerk make, makes total sense. Just it yeah. being erratic and then stopping, and then them seizing that opportunity. But uh, something I've kind of figured out, when, which I don't really see them get on pinfish a lot out there. But when they do, um, this is where having that boat kind of comes into advantage because. <clears throat> that big vote, you know, I, I can float in like, and I'm not exaggerating 18 inches of water. I, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm six foot and I can float and right at my knee level. Mm-hmm. And I, um, and that's fully loaded. I just yeah. put my motors up, jack plates, put the motors up, put the shoulder motor down. And I just kind of go through an area, but I can get that big old boat on those flats and I can stand on the front of it of that huge bow and I'm up pretty dang high. I'm up higher than a guy, you know, in a fly fishing boat with his little platform. I'm up way higher than that. So I can get up there and I can like kind of just ease through these edges of these spots. And that's how I've learned to kind of find them pinfish and see them kind of, you know, messing around in that grass. And, and another little tactic I have is I'll, I'll throw a real heavy bait you know, like a, like a pretty decent size bait, like, like a five inch bait or something with a quarter ounce jig head and then throw it in those grass and, and just kind of burn it through and, and, and see if you up. see any of them yeah. scatter and things like that. And, um, 
that's that's proved to be very effective, but it's just so hard on them pin pitch. I like it when they're on mullet because you can see mullet from a mile yeah, away, no, dude. <laughs> it's it's so it's so easy. But there's been a bunch of times, man, where you know I thought they were on mullet, and I've fished areas where everything was absolutely perfect, tons and tons of mullet, and they're just we there wasn't a trout in sight, never yeah. got a bite. And then I might go out there the next day or the next week or whatever and uh, come to find out for whatever reason, those trout are chasing pogies and, and, and there's just a handful of spots where the pogies are hanging out and the trout are just hanging out there. That's just where they are. Yeah. But I, I do find that out there mullet is their, I would, primary. I would think their, their, their primary diet just yeah. because and I think it's just because there's so much, but it's not like me and you did, you know, I can't eat pizza every day. I'll get <laughs> tired of that. You know, I want something else. And I think that's kind of how they act. Yeah. I don't, there's no science to that, but I, I would, I would think that they, they, they probably act like that. There's just wow. so much mullet that they're probably just like, all right, it's time to find something else to, to feed on. And, I've and, seen and, it in certain times of year though, where they, They've definitely changed their diet because mullet have definitely been present. And I'm talking specifically on needlefish. Um, uh, for, for some reason, I think it's like a spring thing. Cause every time that I've seen them keyed in on needle, uh, needlefish, it's been kind of a early spring, kind of mid spring type deal. Um, where no kidding, man. I mean, you'll see a, you'll still see mullet, you know, jumping, um, you know, and, and even kind of like greyhounding out and kind of like feels like they're getting out of there. And maybe it's just because, you know, needlefish are typically towards the top. And so, uh, if they are getting chased by, you know, by a trout, they're going to start skirting, you know, the top of that water. But, um, actually it was this March, man. And that was actually what got me back on the catch junior bug. When I found it back in my box, I was like, you know what, man, let me throw it. And so it just so happened that particular day, um, where I'd been catching them was pretty much deeper, if you will. And I've been catching them on a jerk bait. And so what I did is I pulled up a lot and I started working basically like almost like a, really nice little subtle ledge, but it was heavy grass. Um, and so, man, I was taking that catch junior and just putting it right on that edge and just kind of, you know, you can work it right underneath six, eight inches of water, you know, and almost like a top water, you know, you can kind of even have that little chin pop up. Uh, and it was crazy because you'd see a needlefish start skirting, you know, taking off and it boom. And then after a while, after like two or three fish, I'd just start looking for needlefish and you'd see them skirt and you'd, Pitch right behind them. Boom. I mean, it was like crazy. And so, but I've only seen that in certain times of year. And, and again, I'm so not do y'all, a, do y'all have ballyhoo or half beaks over there or just needlefish? Uh, I don't know. Um, I, I probably call a needlefish a needlefish. I, you know, I don't no. quite know necessarily the difference, but you know, those little bitty knuckleheads on the top that have a pointy beak, you know, something like that. That's what I call a needlefish, whether that's a ballyhoo or whatever it is, but uh, in short, you see those little kind of long slender suckers, you know, kind of taking off. And that's where, um, you know, I've really kind of seen them, you know, kind of morph their diet to kind of match that a little bit. So it's it's fun, man. It's fun. Well, the reason I ask that is because, man, I, I, I know we've talked about this. This was a long time ago. Um, man, I don't even remember when. Maybe 2016 or so, somewhere in that area. 
Um, you know, we have a lot of, of Ballyhoo and, and technically they're half beaks. Looks just like a Ballyhoo, uh, but it's, it's, it's called a half beak. But little short, fat ones. Mm-hmm. And it is a springtime thing, dude. It's like April and May. Mm-hmm. And, um, dude, I've tried to get this on video, but it's so I need a really good camera guy that that's got some good equipment for for low light because it, it would all it all I've only seen it happen in the evening and during the spring and it's got to be a fallen tide in this certain area over these grass beds and it is one of the absolute coolest things it, it would be the most viral trout video ever I think to be honest with you and and it, it happens at Cat Island, and Cat Island's where I grew up fishing, and and where my dad taught me a lot, and it's his favorite island to fish. And when I saw this, he thought I was exaggerating. He was like, "Nah, you know." Da, da, da. And I took him out there, and he he was jaw dropped. He couldn't believe it. But uh, and, and it's funny. You might remember this when I bring it up because me and Troy Helwig were catching. We were catching ballyhoo on top waters, hmm. like not snagging them. Like the bally who were actually hitting the top waters. And and we had this string of Facebook posts. It was so stupid because we'd be pretty tuned up by then. I do and, that. And, and yeah, yeah and we're like we're like uh, ballyhoo charters, best in the business. Catch them on top water, and, and we really were catching them on top water. But what we saw happening that was so crazy is that you'd be, and I think this is probably why. Um, I forget his first name, but the guy that came up with a norm bait that's a top water with a with a uh, with a, a soft bait following it was because you'd be working that top water and then Ballyhoo they'll just follow it. And then the, the needle fish will do it too. They will just sit yeah. there and follow that yeah. top water. And what the trout will do is a trout will see that this stupid bait fish is just honed in on this lure. And not paying attention to nothing. That makes sense, dude, dude. These trout were completely breaching, like all the uh, way out of the yeah. water. Like, Four to five pound trout. Uh, I, like I call it great white sharking. I'm about to say dude, great honest, white on like a seal. Yeah. I, honest to God, dude. Troy Hellwig will tell you. My dad, Ed Crum, uh, Shane Overstreet saw it. There's a handful of people that we we saw it, and and they will they'll be chasing like because those 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 little needlefish and those ballyhoo are so fast that when they see them just like occupied with something dude those trout are so mad at them and they will just jump in completely out of the water and i do have one video from back then you know i say back then but that that was think about how much technology's advanced oh God, you know yeah. so like i have a phone video from then you literally you can't tell what it is you know but um We'd be working these top waters, and and and, and the 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 valley who would be falling on the trout just jumping out of the water. My dad saw it, and he was like, "Oh my god!" And I was like, "Dude, I told you." I was like, "This is insane." That's and crazy. Uh, I still to this day want to get a video of it. Uh, I just I haven't seen it as good. I've seen it once since then, but um, it, it's it's one of the absolute coolest things I've ever seen. And, and next time I do go to do it and I do go to video, I'm just not even going to put hooks on the top water and just work it through that area. Man. But, uh, but yeah, we were, we were catching stud trout. The trout were obviously hitting the top water too, but that's when they, they hone in on those, those, those ballyhoo and those half beaks and they, they love them, dude. They, they absolutely, when you, when you harvest one that has been chasing them, their belly will be as full as it can be yeah. with those things. And, and there's something about them. 
And when, but I've only, like I said, I've only seen that during the springtime. Yeah. And, uh, but I saw that same thing in Florida too, where they were keyed in on needlefish again, kind of spring, like right when it was getting back to like warm, it's always warm there, but like warmer. Um, but it was springtime, uh, fishing banana river and kind of same situation, man, super keyed in on, on needlefish, uh, tough tight, you know, uh, up on a bank and in that grass, but it, Dude, you know, as you're talking about it, I'm, I'm picturing a, you know, a needlefish kind of, again, kind of trailing your lure and they do, man. They get kind of so like, you know, tunnel vision focused on your bait. Trout take advantage of it. Oh, it, it makes so, so, so much sense. Smart fish, God, dude. That, they, they really are, man. That's, that's one of the things I love about it, them so much. And is, maybe is that those, makes, maybe that makes sense did. when you throw back in there and you start working mm-hmm. and all of a sudden they're like, oh, and then they're skirting yeah. out of there and they're like, and then the, the trout's like, oh, what's this? Boom. And I mean, dude, it, it ain't, it ain't like a tap. It's like, like the thud. Boom. And you, you think about, you think about that and you think about how these trout feed and, and you think about, you know, that corky thump and how hard they hit a double D and how hard they hit a mirrored on and, and all of those things. And it's like, when they see that, that, that opportunity like they, they seize that moment. You know what I mean? It's same thing with, with like when you're working a lure and you mm-hmm. pause it and they freaking slam it. They're seeing these needlefish. They're not stopped, obviously, yeah. but they're looking at these needlefish or, or these ballyhoo and they're like, this dude ain't paying attention to nothing. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm about I to ruin it. his life. Yeah. <laughs> and they do, man. And it's such a, such a smart, smart predator, yeah, dude. That's awesome, I, dude. I, I, I think, I think that, that they're a lot smarter than... Than, than people i know we're fooling them with these stupid plastic lures but uh how they how they feed i think is just so intriguing uh with with how they figure out these things and and how they how they you know how these fish figure out how to ambush their predators mm-hmm. in these situations whether it's you know these these drop-offs or these grass beds or or whatever it is you sit back and think about it and, and you, you're, you're thinking this is a dumb animal, but you think about it, the situations they're in and how they're, they're really not that smart, but at the same time, they really are with yeah. how they're feeding, you know, yeah. it really is a smart plan of attack. And once you figure out that pattern, I mean, that's what, what's great about, you know, little dink trout, you know, is like, yeah, they get notoriously and certainly trout, you know, you can catch a freaking absolute heap load of um, little bitty trout, you know, you find them on a point, just keep feeding the point, you know, on a little jig and killing them. Uh, but that's the thing about big trout is man, they, they definitely make you work for it to that end. Once you actually figure out whatever that pattern is or that profile or color shade or whatever it is, and you can kind of replicate that, that's when you can kind of maybe get a couple and make some multiple mistakes, big fish, you know, and, and that's, what's cool is being able to kind of really you know figure out that piece of the puzzle and that's obviously what keeps me going back you know and i'm certain you are as well down south lures has been making lures for the inshore angler for years now and it's easy to see why from their four inch southern shad to their much larger dsl supermodel to the three inch burner shad their versatility is really in every angler's arsenal better yet they're actually made here in the usa as well so Support this Texas brand that supports you, the fisherman. And next time, go check out the hashtag swims in a fall action with down south floor. Real Sportswear humbly started making shirts for a few local fishermen. 
Rooted in simplicity and utility, Reel's minimalist approach is a reflection of what binds the fishing industry together. Now found throughout many coastal retailers, their lineup of comfortable and functional gear aims to make your time in the water a success. So next time you're gearing up, wear what guides wear and consider Reel Sportswear. Despite its unique name, Stinky Pants Fishing has been making wade fishing gear for the Texas angler for years. Located here in Texas, they make anything from boga floats to boxes, stringers to wade fishing straps, really anything that the inshore angler needs to make their time on the water more efficient and more effective. So check them out at stinkypantsfishing.com and get some equipment to make you a better wade fisherman. I want to welcome Waterloo Rods as our Season 3's newest sponsor. Located in Victoria, Texas, Waterloo builds some of the most functional rods for any inshore application. Whether you're in the market for a carbon mag, an HP light, or a slam mag, or their salinity series, definitely check them out. Also, check out their Waterloo Pro Shop, which carries most, if not everything, that the inshore angler needs here along the Texas coast. So next time you're in the market for a rod, definitely check out Waterloo Rods, and you might as well fish the best. Mirror Lure is an iconic brand found in almost every inshore angler's arsenal. From their 17 or 27 MRs, to the Mirror Mullet or the Top Dog, even their soft plastic lineup, as well as the Paul Brown series Fat Boys, these lures have been trusted by many anglers across the Gulf Coast and beyond. So next time you're out there looking to fire up a bite, remember, tie on a mirror lure and turn on the bite. Texas Custom Lures and the original Custom Corky are back again for season three sponsors and we couldn't be more appreciative. These lures and colors, which are produced by some of the most renowned anglers up and down the Texas coast have been producing for decades. So whether it's a Double D or a Fat Boy Floater, and Plum Nasty, Texas Turnip, just to name a few, remember next time you're looking for that next big bite, the big girls aren't colorblind. You know, everybody's different of, of how they fish and, and how they do everything. But I feel like the key to me is, is that not just being satisfied with catching that big trout or, or getting on that great bite, but actually understanding yeah. why. And, and that's where I think a lot of anglers miss the mark. It is not sitting back after that awesome trip or fish of a lifetime because there's so many emotions, you know, when you had mm -hmm. to work so hard for it and it's, it's hard to be, you know, I guess you could say disciplined enough to, to wonder why not just to go back to that spot the next day, just because you caught that fish the day before, but to, to understand why that fish was there, why it bit what it bit and, and, and what pieces of the puzzle, you know, made that happen. And I feel like that, I feel like that really is the the key to everything and, and my side of it, you know, for yeah. me personally, but, um, I think that's the, I think that's the most important part dude, yeah. is, is, is understanding that. I think more people are coming around to that though, you know, and I mean, I've had an opportunity, you know, ever since I quote unquote retired, which again was taken a little bit out of context, but yeah, I'm not going to quit fishing, but I just changed my mindset back to really just enjoying the basics. Um, and yeah. so when I said that, I really got back into, you know, taking people, uh, that either asked, um, that, you know, I've always wanted to kind of fish with that I've known for a while, et cetera, et cetera. And so I've had a chance to fish with a lot of speckled truth followers, uh, actually over last summer. And it's been pretty, really, it's actually been really fun. 
uh, to fish with those uh, those folks because, man, the the amount of questions I have, which is great, um, but it, you kind of see their their intellect, you know, and their their way of thinking, and they are thinking, and and so I know they're not. You, know, you just got to steer them in the right direction. The That's only people, really, yeah. I mean, but they're really, really thinking, yeah. So yeah. they want to know. I think that's just kind of maybe the younger generation, if you will. They want to know the. They want to understand the why, um, and so they start really kind of diving in. You know, we're in the information age where you can find pretty much damn near everything on YouTube and and everything else. You know, but there is a lot. You know, you need to experience on the water. But to that end, I think the level of it you know, introspection and reflection is really high, uh, especially with younger anglers to kind of figure out the why uh, they got on like a really good bite. And so it's been pretty cool to, you know, provide it just this level of conversation talking about, you know, ballyhoo or short beat ballyhoo, whatever it is that you call them, needlefish. Um, you know, I, I don't think a lot of people talk about that because it's not typically a known, you know, species, but it, as we're talking, the more you think about it, God, it actually makes sense because we've seen the, we've seen the, uh, yeah, the, the way in which a, a needlefish trails a bait, you know, and, and you can see how, how that would actually make a lot of sense, especially maybe in certain parts of the year when there's maybe more of them. So anyway, I, I think one of the big things that I see and that I was really guilty of, and do you know this because I used to ask you a billion questions, but uh, like you just said, man, uh, and I'm not claiming to be a trout expert, and I'm just kind of saying what, what I've learned uh, throughout the years is that, you know, you've got all this information now, dude, and you can watch all these YouTube videos. You can, you know, follow all these people that are great trout fishermen and see what they post and read it and digest it and things like that. And I think one of the really big things that – um a lot of people are just, it's over, it's information overload. And I was 100% guilty of it too, man. And, and there, there was two things that I've stuck, I've, I've stuck to that have made me a way better big trout angler. I've, I've always been really good at just finding trout, you know? Uh, and, but, uh, what made me a better big trout angler was, I said this on the first podcast, when, when you said to me, you said, if you put as much time into finding big trout as you do just finding trout, you'll become a great trout angler, big trout angler. And, and I, I changed my mindset towards the bigger trout. And then I, I really dove in a little too much, man. And I, I was, I was just really getting frustrated and looking into all this stuff. And, and you're really excited too, you know, when you first start really chasing those bigger trout and you're trying to figure out all this stuff and you want to try all this stuff. But then it was, talking to Jay and fishing with Jay and you know he is so knowledgeable and I'm, I'm not taking anything away from him when I say this it's just the truth it's he he, he breaks it down so simple it, it it really is that simple dude it, it is 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 those things we just talked about like I'll, I'll take these I'll take people fish I've taken a bunch of special truth followers fishing as well yeah. uh, to chandelier and, and things like that but, you know, we'll get there and, and they're just like I was when I fished with Jay. Like so many things racing through my mind, so many things I want to ask. They're like, all right, all right, why are we here? And I'm like, because there's mullet here. Why? Because that's what they're eating. Why are they eating that? 
just because know. that's what they want. That's what they want, and that's why we're here. Okay, well, is it because of this? That I'm like, dude, that's 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 literally why we're here because this is where the mullet are, and you know, there's there's clean water, there's moving water. That's it. <laughs> yeah. that, that that's all. <laughs> you know, yeah. if there was something more technical, I, I'll let you know. But as of right now, that's it. That's all we yeah. need. And 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 you know there are times where you do need to be more technical when, when when it comes to it but it's really those basic things and you know i tell people all the time when we're when we're out at chandelier you're not going to you're not going to come fishing chandelier with me we're not going to fish somewhere there is no bait it's not going to happen you know i i know that sometimes you can catch some some good trout in some areas but there is no way I'm putting stock in an area that I don't know for a fact there is a ton of bait there. Not just, oh, there's a mullet flip, mm-hmm. you know, here, there's a mullet. Like, I better see mullet all over the, the wazoo, place. Or yeah. I, I, be, I better see something going on. And, and that also goes back to something very simple that Jay says all the time is the lion's never far from the gazelle. Yeah. And, you, and that's another deep thing that you think about is that those trout trout ain't just like man this this sure is a cool grass bed i'm gonna hang out here just because you know i got a nice view you know the water feels good this is great i'm just gonna hang out here hell no dude there there better be bait everywhere because they want to eat they want to eat and they want to spawn they're a predator and and that's what you got to think about man is they're gonna be where that food is and you and you really think about that dude and i'm not saying you and i'm talking about anybody listening you think about these times that you've absolutely railed fish something was going on there and 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 there might have been a time where you didn't see much but there was something going on there there was a ton of bait there was a ton of shrimp there was birds diving there's whatever but there was bait there, dude. That is the whole key to it all. And in, in my eyes is, is really honing in on that bait and figuring that whole bait thing out, man, that, that, that's a, that's, this is a thing that I, I really, and, and maybe I've just been too busy. I've kind of had my head down grinding, but I don't see a lot of this being talked about as really honing in on the bait and, 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 and being a very proficient, you know, bait finder mm-hmm. to, if you will, because I, I use that in everything that I do, man. In, in the snapper fishing, cobia fishing, triple tail fishing, uh, you know. Yeah, I still use live bait for certain species. You know, I'm not I'm not going to go fishing for cobia without live bait. That's not going to happen. I'm not going to watch a, a 60, 70 pound cobia swim away because I want to, you know, beat my chest because I caught it on artificial. Ain't no way, dude. I want to be able to throw something at it live and swimming because I want to catch that thing, you mm-hmm. know. So, and, and, and that, that applies to all of those fish as well. They're the same way they get honed in on this bait. And that's, 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 that's the key to it, man. And and figuring that bait side of it out. Uh, I agree. I mean, uh, lately, you know, certainly where I'm fishing, it's definitely been, and it's why I stopped there originally. uh, And I've just been kind of milking it more or less uh, pretty much all summer is just the volume of bait. You know, I've taken a lot of videos. You can see just rafts of pogies, rafts of shrimp. Um, it's just pretty cool to see kind of the bait cycles kind of roll through there. But it's an area that holds a lot of bait. Uh, and as a result, it holds a lot of trout. And so uh, don't overthink it. I just keep going back to it as long as the conditions are right. And if the conditions are right, it's been perpetual, man. And so 
Uh, Another cool thing <laughs> with that, with with your your lures, is knowing what kind of lures are are oh dude are acting like that kind of bait. You know, like knowing oh. that it, it took me a little while. You know, Jay and Lowell turned me on to the uh, the mirror lure, Little John, and and the Provoker, right? And and I wasn't I was a I was a paddle tail guy like hardcore like I, I didn't I didn't throw straight tails uh, I'll take that back Ed Ed turned me on to straight tails mm-hmm. but um, it, it was it was Jay and Lowell that, that got me on to I mean I didn't I didn't say that wrong they, they got me on the, the the provokers Ed throws a lot of different stuff big mm-hmm. bites and stuff like that but um, it took me a minute to kind of realize that. Man, that that mirror lure, Little John, is so versatile. And now that I'm sitting here talking about it and, and saying it, but it it can look like a small glass minnow or a small bait fish, or yep. it can look like a shrimp jumping yep. through the water. And and same thing with that provoker. But that's where a lot of the technical stuff kind of starts to fall starts to fall into play is knowing that you know when these fish are tuned in on on something other than a mullet because let's be real man 90 percent of the, the the good baits out there are made to imitate a mullet yeah you know but when they're honed in on something else you gotta know that you know this bait's gonna imitate this or this color is gonna kind of go with it and it's not always a match the hatch and that's the beauty of it too is that you know sometimes they just want pink ain't nothing out there that looks like pink except for red minnows well that <laughs> but I, I would say shrimp you know, I mean, that's what I found this year. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, shrimp for sure. So, uh, well, you know, air clear water. Uh, I should have know, said sartreuse. No, there pretty, ain't much that yeah, looks like sartreuse. No, you're right. But pretty clear days. Uh, that's what I found was really good this year. Uh, and again, it was about a month where it gave me about a month of shelf life. And then they kind of weaned off the, the pink, if you will, and kind of went back to more natural colors. But I will say this. The one thing that never deviated uh, from where I was fishing was the bait profile. And it made itself even more pronounced these last, I went like two weeks ago, four, four days that week. I think I wrote about it as well, which was, dude, if I was throwing anything bigger than basically a four inch, a paddle tail, a hard bait, even a bit, like even a small or a big top water, those fish, I would have never known they were there. They were so keyed in in these little micro pockets and they were like little tiny groups of fish. I say tiny, but like maybe three, four fish in a group. Uh, but you know, you walk down maybe 10, 15 feet and you find a little pod and they were these little bitty pods and you can see that, but they were there because all of a sudden it was almost like they were burping. It was crazy. Cause all of a sudden you see a small slick pop up boop, and then you pitch to them and then they'd eat almost right off as like sight fishing slicks. It was crazy, but they were nice fish, but uh, dude, I'm telling you, they would not eat anything, let's say K Wiggler size, Provoker size, absolutely not. Little John and then that little Lane's ghost minnow, it had to be a tiny, small, slender, straight tail profile. Mm-hmm. Eighth ounce. And I mean, it was the faintest tap, even on a slick, man, pitching on it. You know, this fish are eating or burping or just sitting, whatever it is. But in short, something was going on. And I mean, it was like just a, the faintest tap. And dude, you I know, s- I know you, you know this, but you for set the hook that, and it's like they come up and you're like, holy shit, that's no. a big fish, you know? 
people that don't know it, the the reason you you don't feel that tap is because they're just absolutely inhaling it. They're they're, they're that and and, and I, yeah. I guarantee you, all those fish you were catching, that bait was down in that throat. What, oh yeah, it no, was absolutely. completely engulfed in that yeah. fish because they're not you know a corky or something like that. I mean, yeah, even though it is down their throat, they're hitting it and they're 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 swinging their head left and right or whatever they're doing. But those little baits like that, I they're mean, just swimming by, bloop, sucking it in. And you barely and, and on those bites, I think it's really key that you kinda you, you kinda load that rod before you set the hook. You know, you gotta reel that slack in because a lot of times I see that when they do that, they're it, it almost seems like every time they're doing that bite, they're they're hitting it and coming towards you. Or yeah. or at least it feels like that because you'll you'll barely feel that tap and you'll have so much slack in your line that if you you really need to like you know reel that slack in real fast then set the hook type deal you know so now i'm with you man but that it, it it's paying attention and again going back to reevaluation maybe of a trip you know so yeah i mean i fish four days that week which is a lot for me you know living here in san antonio i had some time off and and really when you can fish that that many days you can certainly pattern them and that pattern never changed those four days but i will tell you Again, in that fishing that same stretch, you know, for you know, about a month, two months almost, um, that bite changed drastically. One, where they were located, and secondly, kind of how they were eating, and then really what they were eating. Um, and so, if you don't reevaluate or evaluate a trip after it's done, you never really kind of put those pieces together. So, all I know right now is, like, hey, high water. Um, if I know it's high water down there and that, that tides up or that just water's high in general. Um, and then I got some air clear water. I know where those fish are going to posture if it's this time of year, next year and next year and next year, you know? And so now you can kind of start to kind of put a little milk run together and that's really building your consistency, but you do that, man, uh, just over the course of, of time, you know, but you gotta have that kind of reevaluation and, and earmark that time the conditions because if not you're going to be missing out man and it, and it is very condition specific sometimes too so but yeah it's crazy how they do they get on those patterns and and what i have noticed with doing that throughout the years is even if they're not doing that exact thing like the same time next year that information gives you a really good starting point yeah. you know it, it, it's they might not be on that. I'm a real big believer, dude. And a lot of these fish and, and not just speckled trout, you know, man, they get on a rhythm and they do just about the same thing every year, you know, yeah. spot wise, if right. the conditions are similar, you know, based on rain and things like that. And, and that, that's probably why this year, this year has been amazing. The, the, the Mississippi speckled trout fishery has been, probably the best it's been in six or seven years to be honest with you uh because we haven't had i i think uh, and talking with the research lab um you know we did not have a lot of rain this spring even though it's raining every single day right now <laughs> and it's raining outside right now <laughs> but it's raining every single day for the past four weeks but it's a lot of coastal rain it, 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 we didn't get a lot of rain up north and yeah, we didn't so, have a lot of rain come down our river systems. So our water is like the most beautiful I've ever seen it, hmm. you know, since I started fishing hardcore. It, it's unbelievably great this year. And 
these fish are they're definitely here. There, there's more than there was last year and the year before and the year before that. But they are acting slightly different because of the higher salinity and the cleaner water. And there's some different baits here because um, a lot of factors came into to to this, like why that's so good. But I feel like there's not as much bait as years past because hmm. whenever all of that rain comes down from these river systems and, and it meets out here in the Gulf and on our beaches, all that sediment is really the, the, yeah, the, the feeding ground for the forage fish, you know, the pogies and all that stuff. Like everything's been super late. Our red minnows just got here. The big schools of Jackson reds are just showing up, but dude, July trout fishing here in July I didn't say nothing then because because <laughs> me and a couple other guys were just kind of on a great thing and we didn't want to ruin it. That's the best July I've ever had. No kidding. I, it was a sure thing to go out there and just catch really nice quality trout every hmm. single day. I mean, it was July was unreal, dude. And it's still it's still pretty good right now. It slacked off a little bit with all these storms. They kind of changed the pattern a little bit. Um, the shrimp really, really showed up out of nowhere. Really nice shrimp. So they're really honed in on shrimp. Mm -hmm. And I actually just had a trip yesterday and we were wading the islands and uh, I had a pink, pink little John on. Yeah. And that was, that was the best bait for a little while. And then, um, we started throwing top water towards, you know, middle of the day, like 11 o'clock. Um, I wasn't getting as many bites on that. And my client was throwing top water and he kept getting strikes. And I was like, it's good enough for me. So I put on top water and, uh, we finally got into a yeah. decent little bite on top water there at the end. But, um, what the trout fishing here has been phenomenal. Dude. Tr try that like pink ice, uh, or whatever it is that, that bossy makes it at down South, man. Uh, Awesome bait. That was so consistent, man, for, for so long. And what a great, uh, what a great bait, but dude, uh, dude, I, I literally have like 2000 of those right now. <laughs> well, we had <laughs> That a was one of my favorite baits this spring. And, and I, I called him and, you know, I, I guess, I hope I'm not saying anything I'm not supposed to, but I, when you're a guy, I guess you, you can order big bulk from him and I've got a couple thousand, of of those uh the the i dude so i really really like the southern shad uh, yeah. I, to be honest i didn't like the supermodel as much at first um because the southern shad just produced so much for me that it was hard to get on that that supermodel but when the when the fall and winter hit and and i really gave it more time uh i really love that during the winter but I, I like right now i threw the supermodel a little bit yesterday a, a color a, a, a super secret color that's going to be coming out soon but <laughs> um but i uh i really like that southern shad spring and um spring and summer i've really been digging that southern yeah. shad and uh watermelon's been a, a super super good color that that pink color is just yeah that's a dude i'm telling you i'm not i'm not joking i've got a thousand of them that, that's how confident i am it's phenomenal that. man it, but, it's uh, a great bait but uh <coughs> white what, ice or, or what is it pink ice or i think something? it's no uh his his pink flamingo I don't remember the pink name flamingo pink. i think so but 
the white ice is is, is yeah, one of his colors, I believe. And um, that that white one, yeah. man, that's a really really good killer right there, dude. That yeah. that white one has been. That's one of those baits that's produced in like every every scenario. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's been it's been a, and and believe it or not, uh, Troy turned me on to that a long time ago, like before uh, I threw down South a long time ago, uh, a couple of years ago, uh, never really got into them like super hard, but, uh, there's a spot that, um, Troy and I like to fish during the winter, uh, over there towards the West. And it's kind of like, kind of like one of our little traditions that, that we like to go there and we, we get into a real good bite and man, he, he's like, lol, he loves to rub shit in, but, <laughs> Uh, there was one day we were fishing there and usually we, we smack them on Miradons on a certain color Miradon and, um, it's the sexy Chad. And, mm-hmm. uh, I was throwing that cause I was so confident in it and they just didn't want it, man. And he had that white ice dude and he was just every five seconds reeling in a trout. And he was like, I mean, just take one, Kyle. At this point, it's 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 not even it's not even funny anymore. He was like, just take one, so you can put some fish in the boat, you know. And I was like, all right, dude, give me some. But ever since then, I've I've really become a big fan of it. But it's uh that white ice has been a very productive bait in a lot of different situations. Uh, there's actually some I was I was actually just talking to him today and um, to Mike Bossy, and uh, I'm actually gonna do a video. There's something. I figured out, I'm not going to say I figured out, I mean, I, I figured out on, on, like for me, but there's something that that bait does. And I, I asked him if anybody else has, has told, has brought this up to him. And he was actually really surprised that I, I noticed it with this bait, but uh, I'm actually going to do a video about it and, yeah. and, and, and post it on the speckled truth here very soon. As soon as I, as soon as I get the opportunity to record it, honestly, hopefully th- this week or next it week. Quits raining. There, yeah, but um, there's something very, very unique that all his baits do, and I was, I, I was really surprised, and he was really surprised that I noticed it. But I was really surprised that he he actually figured out how to make this bait do it. And I'm gonna tell you right now, it's not the fact that it swims on the fall. It's not that. It's something else yeah. about this bait that I noticed, and and it's me being so keened in on bait and how bait acts. And there's something that 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 soft plastic does uh, with almost any jig head, by the way. I thought I, I, when I called him, I thought maybe it was just because the jig head I was using or, or whatever. But he was like, oh, no, no, it'll it'll do it with just about any jig head. And I was like, dude, that's that's insane that he does that. And and we kind of went back and forth. And I was like, is this really something you want me to like? tell everybody because i didn't know if you know you wanted your competition knowing that your bait does this and he was like hmm he was like uh he's like yeah yeah go ahead go ahead he was like that's a good point but yeah go ahead i i I think i think that you should let people know that that's something that that bait does but he he said me and only like two other people have 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 Hmm. asked him about it and if if it's supposed to do that and uh, it's really cool man and when i that i have i already have video of bait doing what, what it is, this, 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 this soft plastic does. And, uh, so it'll be really cool when I just get some footage of it and, uh, and kind of explain it. And, and when you see it, it's kind of crazy. It really is. It mm-hmm. looks exactly like what, what these mullet do. It's crazy, but it's okay. going to be a good little video. It's going to be something I'm going to push out on a speckle truth here. Well, teaser. Soon. Well, good, man. So, Hey brother, 
Um, this has been a really, really good conversation. We, um, yeah, so what turned into um, an hour has now two. Uh, and so, dude. I knew it. I, I knew it was going to happen. <laughs> oh, shit. I mean, dude, we hadn't talked in forever, right? And so. We haven't, dude. Uh, that's and that's true. unfortunate, man. We've been so busy with kind of life, but um, I appreciate you just joining me, man. I really do. It's it's funny because this would have probably been a phone call, uh, but we recorded it. And so this is kind of how we talk. And this is actually yeah. pretty much the content of our, this, pretty much our phone call. You and I talk. <laughs> Usually we get a solid hour in, maybe not two. Every once in a while we'll get two hours yeah. in. But so, man, look, dude, I, I really appreciate you. And I appreciate everything you've done for me and the doors you've opened for me. And I also really respect and, and appreciate everything that you've done for, for the big trout community. And a lot of, a lot of, a lot of y'all listening, y'all might not know this, but we catch a lot more slack than y'all think. I promise you, we, we catch a lot of slack for the things we do and the things we say. And, and we really just don't care we do it because we feel like it's the right thing. And, and we really want to preserve this, this big trout fishery, and, and make sure that it not only stays around, but, but gets even better, you know, it's, it's a wild dream, but hopefully it, it can get back to how it used to be. You know, you hear all those stories. I know a lot of y'all have, have heard these podcasts and heard these stories of, of how it used to be. And you never know, it, it, it could get back to that if we all do our part. Yeah. You know, I, I really do think that and anything's possible, man. If you, if you really, Really do it, do it right. What a novel concept, right? Of kind of leaving it better how you found it. And um, I was, and and that's a funny thing, man. And this could be a whole separate thing, but, you know, I am the pot call myself, the kettle black, because I was that person. And so I'm not pointing fingers. It's more of maybe an introspective endeavor of like just trying to, you know, basically make amends for all the sins that I've committed in the past of just harvesting way too many fish from my pops, you know, and we just yeah. want something better. And and so, you know, to the point of catching a lot of flack, you know, we do, we share some of the screenshots. I'm like, oh my gosh. Uh, but you know that what a novel concept of like, dude, I, that's what I don't really get and, and probably still even catch flack for this. But look, man, like I'm literally throwing back what I could keep just if if you want to catch it man go for it and keep it right i mean i'm not really doing you any harm i'm not we're not knocking on the door proposing limit changes and things we're just trying to give people an alternative concept of how to take care of a fishery and whether they keep them or not don't bash them if they don't you know what i'm saying i'm not trying to virtue signal I, 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 yeah i, I really like, don't understand that uh, yeah. i i still just, I try not to think about it that much because I don't yeah. think I'll ever understand it. I don't understand why people like to throw shade at us for trying to make a fishery better. That doesn't really make much I'm sense to, to me. Um, trying but, to make your uh, livelihood better. I'm trying to. Yeah, you know, it's like I, I, I get it. I do want to leave it with this, right. with just something that that I've learned and and something I've I've done with with my business is, you know. Again, I'm not claiming to be any type of expert, and I'm definitely not an expert guide. You know, I've only been doing it for three, four years now, but I've been I've been very fortunate. I've been very busy. I've stayed as busy as I want to be, and I've done all of that without dot shots, without box shots, um, just absolutely slammed, uh, giving away work, giving away work to other guides that I work with, um, without any of that. 
And, and one of the things that I do on my boat is man, other guides, if you're listening, even if you've been doing it for a long time, you'd be really surprised if you just ask your clients, do you want to release this? You know, even though like, you know, a client catches a, you know, 25, 26 cents trout with me, it's going to get released whether they like it or not. But I'm going to start that conversation. If we didn't have that conversation beforehand, which we already do, and I'm, I'm already fortunate enough that I don't really get people on my boat that, that want to kill everything. But uh, in, in a couple events, uh, I have had a couple that, that were, I guess, kind of hinting towards me like they were going to take some, some bigger trout back. And I just say, hey, man, you want to just release this, dude. This is a big fish. This is a huge fish for here. You know, I've got these awesome pictures you're going to be able to look back on forever. I'm going to get a video of you releasing it. I'm going to praise you on social media, you know, all just 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 convincing them just and and, and not really convincing, just asking them, yeah. just asking, hey, do you want to release this to this day? Not one person has said no, mm-hmm. not one. And, and, and I'm not just talking trout. I'm talking everything. I'm talking yeah. bull reds. I'm talking, you know, even some big triple tail. I I know, you know, triple tail, you know, they're kind of getting beat up right now in certain parts uh, a lot harder than they were because of other fish not being as plentiful. And they do grow somewhat fast, not not super fast, but they do grow pretty fast. But um, there becomes a point to where it's like, hey, look, dude, we've already got two or three really nice triple tail on the boat let's tag this, you know, 18, 19 pounder and, you know, let's, let's let it go. You know, you, you've already got plenty of meat. We've got the picture. Let's let this, this awesome fish go. And, and every uh, dude, I'm not kidding. I'm not exaggerating. Every single person that I've asked if they want to let that fish go has, has easily said yes. And, and no one has regretted it, or at least they haven't told me that everybody's, always just been satisfied with everything else. And I think that that's a, as something, and I don't know this for a fact, but I think that's something that a lot of guides don't do or they're scared to do. Um, you know, you got to realize, man, that, you know, sometimes the, the trip is already, you know, the, 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 the price of admission has already been worth it to them way, way before you think so. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I just like to ask some of those other guides, man, just, you know, just ask your people, Hey man, you know, do you, do you mind if we release this? And, and look, dude, that's one less, one less fish you got to clean. <laughs> so it, it's really a win-win, but you're really doing it, you know, for the better of the fishery. But I just, I think those days of, of, of thinking that you have to be producing, you know, limits and dock shots to get business. They're over, dude. They really are. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you know how busy I am. You see how busy I am go look at my Facebook, go look at my Instagram, go look at everything. You are not going to see a dock shot, hardly any dead fish, honestly, on, on my social media. And I'm, I'm just fine with my yeah. business. You know, well, That's a great way to end it, man. And, and you're right. Uh, and so hopefully, you know, hopefully some of the guys maybe listen to this, heed those words, or just again, the everyday weekend warrior, uh, just fishing. Now they're going to message me and tell me I'm an idiot, but it's fine. Oh, yeah. I'm used it, to it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we'll go there. Hey, bro. Um, hey, man. Thanks again, bro, uh, for everything. Thanks for the conversation catching up. Uh, now we can go back to tell Lowell, hey, man, we actually did uh, talk 
for for a while man we 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 just been so busy we just hadn't had a chance to do that man and that's that's on us and you know that's kind of leaving speckled truth in a little bit of a weird spot just mainly because we you know we haven't been able to kind of really do a whole lot uh together and that stinks but we'll we'll get to that in another time man but um again man thanks so much for being on the podcast Kyle. thanks man i appreciate it all right brother hey for everyone else sticking around uh, this is part two of you know captain the conversation with captain kyle johnson and so if you've enjoyed this conversation if you've listened to both parts you know i really encourage you to basically leave a comment rate this uh, conversation uh, and also always got to recognize our sponsors you know real sportswear stinky pants waterloo rods mirror lore texas custom lures the original custom corky and uh i can't remember who else but in short we love our sponsors um and so hopefully uh you show them some love and always remember guys tight lines god bless and remember take what you need and release the rest god bless mm-hmm.